0: when i listen to bon jovi i'm also like um please h- inject this into my veins
1: yeah um i'll have what he's having <laughs> mm-hmm. is what i would say if you said that or yeah. if you were like listening to bon jovi i would maybe say that yeah um but anyways enough um diddling around the lily um because we have a lot to talk about tonight because it's a big episode that you wait for it every year this is the second time we've done this for this podcast which is pretty huge if you ask me um, well
0: well and can I just say wow interesting Bon jo- uh, here's some good news Bon Jovi had an album last year called 2020
1: wow and I, it was like I
0: wonder what that's like was it
1: like that kit? ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live like this <laughs> <laughs> i hope so you heard that kid rock song right um
0: yeah, yeah yeah you did i think so i don't know did i
1: it came out like semi recently and that's got like yeah, him-
0: maybe not maybe i didn't hear that really i don't think i did let me are you gonna play it <laughs> i might
1: cut this out but i am actually gonna play it
0: the bon jovi album does have a song called brothers in arms on it <laughs> so and lower the flag is another song yeah okay <laughs> american reckoning
1: yeah i mean that's pretty much it it (laughs) keeps going like that Uh, yeah it's i mean honestly it's kind of a good song
0: (laughs) it (laughs) rules what can i say (laughs) it's quite a video too
1: oh it like if you go throughout the rest of that video there's him like launching in a rocket like like an exploding in the air or something it's like done in
0: photoshop or something like <laughs> the, like the fucking like uh <laughs> when starburns dies in community yeah, and he leaves that footage it's, for it's, that's what it looks like it's
1: exactly fucking like that it, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like in that is the what the video progresses to it's <laughs> it's pretty incredible actually and it's um i think it should win an award tonight um <laughs> It's at our, at our, kinda brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: uh-huh. you know what else in Kid Rock related news? I um I maybe and maybe you can cut this too, we'll see. But Brad, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> this is gonna be a long episode. Yeah. Just cause I haven't even done the intro yet. We're getting there. Oh my god. <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah. Um but uh I I <laughs> so I was home alone one night in the past week or so and uh, I was just very tired, and I was like, what can I watch that's, like, very low impact? I threw on the uh, the <laughs> first, like, the very first episode of Silicon Valley, which oh, I, I hadn't seen since it came out originally. Yeah. Um, I've totally forgot that one of the big bits in that episode is that they're at this, like, big Silicon Valley party with these rich assholes, and Kid Rock is playing at the party, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny. Oh, man. Uh good show. Yeah, good show, good, good show. show.
1: That should also win an award tonight, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it and it
0: will. Yeah. It will. Will. Yeah. Anyway, um I guess on that note, um hello and welcome to this episode of Good Listeners, a podcast hosted by two kind hearted, generous, emotionally available sweeties who are always there to listen if you need them. We're friends, roommates, and rivals, and we talk about music whether the mics are on or not. I'm your first sweetie, Randy, and I'm joined as always by my co host, it's Clay. Welcome to the show, Clay.
1: Hey, welcome, Ty, hi, to hi. the show. Oh, hi, well, hi, welcome to the show. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, and what a show we have for you tonight. It's gonna folks. be a
0: good one, a um, big one, a long one.
1: And like I was saying before, you went into a bunch of random nonsense. Yeah. This is the second time we're doing this, the best of albums uh, episode. Yeah. We've been doing this podcast for a year now, not consistently, but <laughs> yeah. Um, in a way, yeah we have been doing it we're still doing it and we're still here motherfuckers and we're in i'm more readier than ever to tell you about my favorites music of the year
0: and in 2022 the show is finally gonna get good we promise
1: we have a lot planned and it's like my schedule i am busier than ever so me too um it it bodes well you're moving (laughs) Next year,
0: that's going to be huge for the show. That's going to be huge for the show. Yeah, Um,
1: yeah. I, you know, but we're still going to do it, and we, um, I'll figure some good way to make it better. Yeah, Uh (laughs) yeah. We do. We both will.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's going to be great. It's going to be better than ever. It's going to be as good as any. It's the best one. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, this is the year-end episode. This is where we. This is first of all. This is a show where we talk about music. Second I'm of saying all, saying it all the time, this is an episode where we talk about the best music that we heard, and by best, I really mean the stuff that we like the most. Yeah, our favorites. Yeah, um, it the, really has you know, absolutely nothing to do with the best.
1: No, who gives a shit? Yeah, uh, the best music is whatever you like the most, listener. Um, yeah. but we're gonna talk about our favorites, um, and You know, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't get to listen to this year. As as always. Obviously, we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) That wouldn't be very interesting. We Um, should
0: look up stuff that we didn't listen to and say, (laughs) Oh,
1: that sounds good. Yeah, it seems
0: cool. I should have listened to that. Man, (laughs) I I really should have listened to more avant-garde jazz this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was listening to the the jazz essentials this year. But, you know, we can't even talk about... We're talking about music that came out in the calendar year 2021 or... um, in the like the last week or two of December, um, of 2020, of yeah. 2020, that counts too, yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Um, if you think that doesn't count, it counts,
0: yeah. Well, it's gonna have to because, well, you'll see anyway. Um, uh, at that point, should we talk, uh, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> should we talk categories first or after the 10? Probably first, right? Ye- because yes, we, we have a couple like sort of random categories. We have a couple special to.
1: categories. Yeah. You know how it goes. You, we, it's award seasons. Everyone knows how it goes.
0: Should we so should we start with most disappointing?
1: Yeah, because I don't like to be negative on the show. Yeah. I think it's ne- I think it's lame when people are negative about music. Yeah. Um but there are some like major label, like big big artist releases that I feel like were pretty disappointing this year. Yeah. So I guess it's more of a uh it just feels like you know. It's just I uh, just trying to fill up time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, yeah, we're afraid um, that we
0: won't go long enough on this yeah. episode. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, I, I had a couple that came to mind. We don't have to talk about them much. But did you? Yeah, uh, biggest disappointment.
0: Yeah, I've got two, but I think maybe I'll just go with one. Yeah, because the second one I think is not. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I'll really go with is Casey Musgraves.
1: Oh, man. So I had two. One was Casey Musgraves. Yeah. The other one was Lord, which just feels too obvious because I think everyone is like, yeah, that album is not that good. Yeah. Uh, and it is what it is. You know, what, what, um, I don't think we ever released the episode where we talked about it, but. Probably not. What more is there to say about it that just like it's not up to what she had done before and yeah. it, it's just, it's not for me. I don't, I don't find it. I find it pretty boring. Yeah. Whatever. Casey Musgraves. That's the bigger disappointment for me, honestly, just mm-hmm. because I was honestly expecting it to be pretty good. Um,
0: yeah, I loved Golden Hours. Golden Hour last LP. Yeah,
1: it was it was so good. Uh, such a good like pop country album, and then there are some singles off of uh, Starcross, the album that came out this year that I mm-hmm. thought were all right.
0: Yeah, and that's um, the other thing is like immediately when I heard the Lord singles come out. I was like, I don't think this album is going to be good. And that didn't stop me from being disappointed, but I did feel kind of prepared when that Lord album came out. I was yeah. like, I don't think I'm going to like this very much.
1: Yeah, I was trying to be optimistic. And even when it came out, I was like, this has to grow on me, right? Because it's Lord. Like, she's so good. And I was yeah. Like, no, it's, it's not going to grow on me. It's, I just don't like it. Yeah. But yeah, with the, like, Justified was a single mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Uh, but it came out. And I mean, yeah, this is why this category sucks, because it's not interesting to talk, because literally my problem with this album is that it's boring. Like, yeah, um, there's nothing interesting about it to me. Mm-hmm. There's some, OK, she's a good lyricist. There's some like pretty solid songwriting on here as far lyrically, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the hooks that Golden Hour has. It doesn't have the, the like fun little production like that golden hour had such like bouncy songs mm-hmm. um that just
0: and beautiful production and like yeah. it really i it's kind of rare for me to get into pop country releases mm-hmm. it's not really my thing um and so the fact that that album really got me was was a big like fun thing for me where it was like something that like I could like talk about that album with people that I wouldn't normally be able to talk about music yeah, with, totally. You know, and I would be able to be like, "Yeah, I love that Casey Musgrave's record. It's like exciting that we agree about this." Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it's just bums me out that the follow up was not the same. Yeah. Um, no. But no, you know, it happens.
1: It happens. <laughs> you know, Casey, like, it's like, oh, you know,
0: and I still think she's talented. She's good. Like, yeah. there's
1: good songs on it. There's yeah. that Spanish song that's really good on it. I yeah, it's a cool uh, song. So. You know, it was just disappointing. What more is there? What more is there to say? But hey, at least you won an award at the prestigious Good Listeners Banquet, end of year music um, gala brunch. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um. Um, Yeah, yeah. That's most disappointing. You know, we do it every year. People hate it. We do it anyway. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we get complaints. (laughs) We get angry uh, emails every year. And then
1: before we go into our classic category. Uh, I just wanted—I don't know if you have anything for this, but I wanted to to shout out right, right, best right. EPs of the year. Do you have a, a favorite EP of the year? I don't think so. No, there's like e-
0: I've listened to some EPs, but like not.
1: There yeah. are some good ones. I, I will say honorable mention to the Eve's Tumor EP. I thought that was pretty good. Honor honorable mention to the Alchemist EP. That was fantastic. Uh, TV dinners or whatever.
0: That JPEG Mafia EP. Yeah, but then he good.
1: ended up releasing a whole album. So yeah, I cares? guess that's true.
0: Um, the Kyozo EP.
1: Yeah, that's that's up there for me. But, um, yeah, for it's a tie for me for best EP of the year between Camp Trash, Downtiming, and Hey, I Love You, Internet Breath. Well, actually, I mean, yeah, it's a tie. Um, Camp Trash, Downtiming, you just gotta listen to this great Florida emo pop band. Yeah. Um, just the the songs, they they're so. They're so catchy. They just get their way into your head right when you hear them. For me, uh, they, they're they like in this nostalgia zone of being like one of those kind of pop punky type of bands that I grew up with mm-hmm. while, while also just feeling very fresh um, and and just pretty witty. Like the, the songs, they kind of they make you chuckle. They're, it's just so fun. They're so good. Camp Trash is so good. Listen to Camp Trash. And then I had to shout out, hey, I love you, internet breath. Uh, maybe my new favorite artist that from this year, hey, I love you. I cannot wait for the LP. It's just, it's so fucking good. Like, if this was an album, it'd probably be my album of the year, but it's not. It's an EP. Um, it just, it's this beautiful fifth wave emo mix of, like, kind of Nintendo-y music uh just
0: just like great hooks
1: great hooks but also just like music that that goes into whatever people like that kind of lo-fi stuff that like people will put on in the background that's just like it has it has a song like that that's just very very mellow very chill but kind of in that um, rpg nintendo music zone uh it's just it's hitting all my sweet spots is what i'm trying to say And you got to listen to it if you haven't, because it's like everything that makes me excited about what's going on in the emo genre right now is kind of all wrapped up in that "Hey, I love you" EP. It is so good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess while we're talking EPs, I'll shout out. Uh, you know that um Cara Cara Bonito EP Ah, that came out is good. Um, and uh, I think there was um uh sorry um Lorna Shore was that an EP yeah 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 so this this metal band Lorna Shore um had a really great EP this year it's really good um great collection of metal tunes check it out if you like metal um so I guess I did have opinions about EPs I just kind of didn't think about it much But Lorna Shore had a really good EP.
1: All right. Well, thanks. It's good. Okay. Listen to it. I don't think I've listened to it. I'll have to listen to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with both of yours. I I think that those are really great EPs. Um, and I knew you were going to talk about them. So there's yep. no point in me bringing them up. Sure. Okay. Fine. Um. Yeah. 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 That's EPs. And now it is time for our classic segment that everybody loves that we do all the time every year. And yep, it's you called, knew it was coming. <laughs> yep, you've been waiting. And it's called Grower Shower. And this is where we talk about an album that's a grower and an album that's a shower. And what we mean by that is an album that grew on you or an album that also uh, was seemed really good when <laughs> it came out and then wasn't maybe as good as you thought.
1: Yeah, you know, a grower, an album that it takes some time to grow on you. And then the, the inverse, a, sh- a shower, um, which is called that because...
0: It excites you, um,
1: and, and it, then the excitement fades. And then it shows itself for what it really is.
0: <laughs> yeah, a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I had to, you know, um, this is this is always fun to think about because it's like, it makes you think is why it's fun to think about. Yeah. Um, and thinking is fun. Um, <laughs> we love it. And I guess I'll go first because, wait, no, I went first with EPs. You go first.
0: Okay. So I'll start with Shower because I think it's more fun to talk about The Grower to be honest. Um, my shower for this year is, and it, it it actually hurts me a little bit to say this, but my shower for this year is Japanese Breakfast Jubilee. Mm. Um, this is a record that I was really amped for it to come out. When it came out, I was like, man, I love this. I think this is so good. Yeah. And then I just didn't listen to it that much the rest of the year. Um, and that's not even to say it's bad. I think that these songs are well-written. I think that the production is really tight. Um, and I think that I am not going to like not listen to this album ever again or anything like that. I think it's good, but it, it just, um, it wasn't like the record of the year that I was kind of hoping it would be. And maybe it was unfair of me to expect that.
1: Yeah. But, but it seems that other people feel it's the record of the year for some reason. Yeah. Um, some people do. Definitely. I mean, I just, that was in a lot of top tens. That was on my short list as well for shower, uh, just because, there was so much momentum going into it, I felt like. Mm-hmm. That lead single, Be Sweet, is so good. Um, yeah. Is that that's the name of the song? I think so. Be Sweet to Me, Baby. Whatever uh-huh. that song is, it's like the lead single off of it, it was so good. I got so excited. And when it came out, I was like, yeah, this is really good. But I just sort of realized, actually, I don't even like this as much as their previous album, Soft Sounds from Another Planet. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, it's not as good, even though it's still a good album. Um, but it, I just... There is so much hype around it, and it's really critically well acclaimed. Mm-hmm. It's for all the major publications I've seen, it's at least in like the top twenty. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's definitely floating
0: around the the tens to twenties. Agreed
1: yeah. upon that's one of the best albums of the year, and for me, it's just like well, uh, for me, it's not even the best Japanese breakfast album of the year. I think I prefer that Sable. That's soundtrack. what I was gonna say.
0: Is I've actually um, listened to her Sable soundtrack more yeah, this I, year. And, hey, I love I that it. Record.
1: That's I that's more. It's got that softer side, that, that mm-hmm. more melancholic side of, of her. And just um,
0: those weird synthy, like sort of ambient tunes. Yeah. I just love that shit. It, I mean, it, it's so. I good. really love it.
1: That, that damn, that should have been in my top 50. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. Um, I almost put it in my top 20, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, gotta, it didn't quite make the cut.
1: Uh oh. Maybe I got to rearrange my top 50 <laughs> uh, albums. Um,
0: yeah. Well, and here's the thing people will care if you do that. I know, Um,
1: (laughs) I know. That's why I'm thinking about it. Um, Now,
0: uh, well, do you want to go with your shower? My shower.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My shower was um, Van Weezer by Weezer. Uh, (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) You know what? I think that this is really brave of you. This was not... And vulnerable of you. Listen, I was was (laughs) so
1: hot on Van Weezer. I don't know why. Uh, I just, like, (laughs) I listened to it, and I was like, this rocks so fucking hard. I still think it's kind of good. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, we were. I think it's probably the best album of the year. Um, <laughs> we recorded an episode about it, and I remember just being incredibly high on it and so enthusiastic. And Yeah, it's, uh, Weezer- you
0: were so enthusiastic that you made me like it more. <laughs> <It's>
1: like, Weezer's <laughs> back. Like they, they had two great albums this year, which they had two pretty solid albums this year. So, yeah. you know, OK, okay Human and, and Van Weezer. Um, OK Human. But, shut up. Whatever you say shut up shut up um mm-hmm. shut up um but yeah just anytime i think it was like a van weezer why would i listen to that like uh there's a lot of other stuff to listen to that's i mean actually like van weezer it's like oh it's technically good for a weezer album like at this point in their <laughs> career so it's exciting i guess as a big weezer fan yeah but it just um it, it's it's a pretty dorky dorky album and i love that for them that it, he just went all in on the the kiss stuff and everything the Van Halen everything that Rivers has been influenced f- by for a long time yeah went all in and and um, he shreds a couple times and there's some uh really good end of the game there's some good songs on, on that album yeah um but overall like is it I mean I was I'm, it's my shower because I was like so high on it yeah um and hey it didn't even crack my top fifty
0: yeah damn. Damn, I'm actually surprised by that.
1: There are all hey, there are a lot of really good albums that came out this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I just, you know, last time we talked about that album you loved it. <laughs> I know. I
1: know, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what happened. I just I I haven't listened to it since.
0: Yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense. All right. Um here's my grower. Um my grower is and I I think this one, you know, uh we'll see, but uh Park Hyunjin. Um, is my grower this oh, year? I
1: forgot about that fucking album. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Um, and I think that it got, it got like really like middling reviews from a lot of places. I feel like. Yeah. Um, and you told me when it came out because you were the first one to listen to it between the two of us, and you told me like, man, the first song on it is like great, and then the rest of it is not so great. And um, that's not what I said. Well, you definitely said it was the best song. on the I album. did.
1: I said the first song is the best song in the album. Yeah, but it's still good.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, that is. I believe don't be that, saying that's that I said the album wasn't so great. Okay. 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 You're right. You're right. Um, but so I, I did. I was listening to that song sort of as a, a single throughout the year. But then in the last couple of months, I just started listening to the whole album. It's it's actually really great. Like so great that it has um, it has cracked my top twenty for the year. Ooh um is not in my 10 or anything uh or else it wouldn't be my grower probably um but but i think this record is really great and like interesting i think the production is really detailed and and vibrant and i think that her performances are like kind of kind of funny but also like very like sincere and it, it points like inspire emotion and also like, she has this very, like, direct uh, sexuality on a lot of the songs that's, like, like just kind of funny and fun and interesting um, and really brings up this album from, like, I think that all of the music on it is interesting. Um, I've heard people complain about some of the repetitiveness on this album, which I really disagree with that because it's, like, it's electronic music. Do you not expect repetitiveness? Um, that's like an odd criticism to me, but, um, I think that is actually a really strong point. It has this kind of hypnotic, um, appeal to me that like, I, I really love to put this record on now and just kind of zone yeah. out to it. Um, I think it's great.
1: Very good album for that. Um, very good zoning out album. Yeah. Very peaceful, meditative album. Mm. Um, I honestly, I don't know how, cause I really liked this album for like a, a few weeks and when I was yeah making my lists, I totally forgot about it. Um, and, and now you're, you're reminding me of it. And I, I, yeah, I'm going to listen to it again. Um, it's, it's great. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. But um, my shower, yeah, I wanted to pick something outside my top 10 because the obvious ones are like are the ones that like really grew on you to like a, 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 a yeah, sense yeah. of amount that you love now. Um, but th- this is one that I also love that just didn't quite make the cut. Uh, the Really From self-titled album. Mm. that i really wanted to include in my top 10 it just didn't fit with all the other stuff i wanted to put there yeah but i just i cannot state enough how much i like love 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 this album yeah i've been listening to it
0: really good since it
1: came out it's so it's so my shit like it's so uh, it's like such a blend of my favorite genres it's like with being jazz and emo pretty much yeah Uh, probably my my two favorite genres and just the uh like it's hard for me to talk about because it, it's uh, it's such an album that i think you just need to experience um because yeah. it's pretty surprising the directions it, it goes and it still surprises me with the directions it goes every time i listen to it yeah um it, yeah it's just now that
0: and it, it's cool how it's like so interesting sonically in that mm-hmm. way and so like it's really unique in the landscape of emo music that it has come out yeah. in right now mm-hmm. it's it really stands out amongst the crop of emo bands that are out there right now totally um but also it is like really interesting to dig into lyrically if you yes. listen to it more times yeah and get into that there's a lot to unpack yeah there.
1: and if you get familiar with the band um themselves like mm-hmm. it, and like their background and just dig into that and kind yeah. of how like the talking about being an outsider mm-hmm. and that sort of thing it's, and also, there's just so many dimensions to it because it also just has these really good jazz breaks in it, um, where you kind of forget that you're listening to what is essentially an evil album. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's uh, it's incredible stuff. Sorry, I need to blow my nose, but I I really love really from self-titled. <laughs> I put the I didn't even bring them over here. Oh my god. Oh my god anyways i think that's all i need to say about that you should definitely listen to the really from album if you haven't that's my shower
0: wait uh that's your grower
1: that's my grower yeah Yeah. that's my grower (laughs) yeah sorry
0: um yeah (laughs) uh and um yeah with that i think uh maybe we're so we're going to get into our top tens um that is obviously the the bulk of the episode and uh before that i think uh, maybe we'll take a quick break okay We're back.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. What'd you, get, what'd you do during the break? What were you up to over there?
0: I went to the bathroom. Oh, okay. You're I did gonna, not make a new drink.
1: Oh, you're not up to anything else over there, huh? Nope. Okay.
0: Nothing well. nefarious.
1: We'll see about that.
0: I mean, unless you consider going to the bathroom a <laughs> All right. sin. You want to get into it? You're playing Gallagher.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dude, I could do this. I, c- I could play Gallagher. Podcast I'm like such a natural podcasting, I can play Galaga with my eyes closed at the same time.
0: It sounds like you're better at Galaga than you are at podcasting when you say it that way.
1: <laughs> I could I could podcast with my ears closed while playing Galaga.
0: <laughs> with your eyes closed? No, no. Okay, it's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still impressive, still impressive, I'll admit. Well, this is hey, well, this is that time in the show where we get into I'll just say it our top tens (laughs) hi-ho you've all been waiting for it and here's when we're gonna do it so who do you want to start first
1: bro my guy you know i want to start it um (laughs) i guess yeah i i'm sorry i just got a message from our friend travis i'm reading
0: yeah no we're both getting the same messages (laughs) This dude's From gotta Travis. shut the fuck up. All right. <laughs> um. It it is funny. He like yeah. It's very funny that he decided to start talking to us about albums of the year the night that we're. He doesn't know that we're recording this right now. No, he doesn't. We're pulling. <laughs> he the just wool. decided to start we talking to us about
1: music. Proverbial wool over his eyes. Um, but you know, I did want to do my Ani Menchie's before I did my top ten. So I'm gonna read through number 50 through 11 of my top (laughs) (laughs) you're not allowed
0: no you won't let me do it top 20 Uh, wow all all right fine no no um to like five i don't know
1: okay i think some of these are probably going to be on your list um but i'll say um yeah okay so the ones that I really they, they if there was if this was a top twenty episode Randy wouldn't let me do it, but um, the Illuminati hotties album let me do one more, the the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die album illusory walls, mm-hmm. um, the Jeff Rosenstock album God Dream, mm. uh the Turnstile album Glow On, mm. great 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 album wow just classic hardcore didn't make my list it's so fucking good Taylor Swift Red Taylor's version. Wow. Man, I loved it. It just couldn't do it. I mean, it, I I would have felt silly including it because it already <laughs> was an album. But, man, there's some great bonus tracks on there. I mean, oh, all too well 10-minute version. Like, tears to my eyes. Am I right? Um, as I mentioned, the Really From self-titled album, Paranol. To See the Next Part of the Dream. I was heartbroken to not be able to include this in my top 10. It is so fucking good. Like, really great emo-adjacent album i think he's korean really just beautiful sounds on that album just like a, a warm blanket of of fuzz going over you and then the mountain goats darken here that is my number 11 album of the year my honorable mention to to, to cap that off uh, i think mountain goats are consistently producing some of the greatest albums of the year every year and often uh don't get recognized for it for some reason um and darken here is another one and it also reminded me of a lot of goths one of my favorite Mountain Goats albums, it just but oh man, it's so good. But I'm not here to talk about that. That's an honorable mention. But anyways, those are some albums that I wish I could talk about more. But okay. we do need to keep this at a reasonable length. So yeah. I am going to. Do you want to do your honorable mentions? I'll do, yeah, I'll okay. do
0: my honorable mentions yeah. um, before you do ten. Okay. So my honorable mentions. I thought for a long time that this would end up in my ten and it just couldn't quite hack it, even though I want to shout out so hard, Land Hecht.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: I think that this album rules. I think that nobody paid attention to it, and I just would love for anybody who, like, please make the time to listen to this. Yeah. um, You know, kind of like DIY-adjacent indie singer-songwriter stuff, like, does anything for you at all. Check out Land Hecht's record, Going to Hell. Um, it just, it's so good. It's one of the early ones in the year that mm-hmm. affected me. I was listening to it a ton and I just kept listening to it throughout the year. And these songs have just continued to live in my head. It really almost made my 10. Um, it came really close, but I love it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, a couple more. Um, Bo Burnham.
1: Ah, I forgot about. It.
0: That's an honorable mention for me. It, I
1: forget about him. <laughs> I
0: almost put it in my 10 just on the sheer weight of like how there's a few songs from this record that I've listened to a ton of times this year. Um as almost as much as anything else I've listened to this year. Um, but I left it out of my 10 just on the fact that I I, you know, I don't it hangs together as an album surprisingly well. But not as well as some other albums that were originally made as albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And so I left it out of out of my ten on that for that reason. But otherwise, it would have been there because I've just listened to it a ton. Oh yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. There was a period of a uh, like two weeks where I was listening to it nonstop right after I watched Inside for the first time. Yeah. It really connected with me. What can I say? It's, yeah. It's it's very good.
0: Yeah. It worked for me. I love it. It's yeah. great. Um, and then a couple more, yeah, Turnstile for me as well. Ah. Didn't, didn't quite crack my 10. Um, I wanted it to, but it just didn't, there wasn't room. Great big pile of leaves. I'm sure we'll talk about later. Didn't crack my 10. And, um, See You Space Cowboy. Hmm. Um, which is, uh, the name of that album, sorry, is The Romance of Affliction. It is a metalcore album. Um, And it is sort of a throwback MySpace era metalcore group that um, their aesthetic is like very, you know, extremely like 2004 kind of thing. Like if you look at their record covers, you'll see that. If you look at the way they dress, you'll see that. Um, It's very much like mid 2000s, like internet core and uh but also um that's just the scene they're a part of but the music goes fucking hard as fuck like it it just rules it's so good um the the guitars are great on this record the vocals are really all right all right. Interesting. Wait, it's a great, au- it's a great record. You it's a great record. No, it's a great record. No, it's fine, fine, fine. You make a fair point. That's a great record. <laughs> that's my honorable mention. Okay.
1: Okay. Great.
0: See you, Space Cowboy.
1: I didn't listen to that. I would definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, I never and had a chance to talk about it on the
1: show. I would also like to endorse the Land Act album. Came in at number twenty three for me. It's very good. Yeah. Um, but lest we digress any more than we already have, it is time to get into the top ten albums of twenty twenty one. we have all been waiting for? Yeah, Let's that we go. both
0: agree on. These are the exact ten.
1: Number ten. <laughs> Woo! Number ten. Uh, for me is. Sufjan Stevens and Angelo De Augustine, Beginner's Mind, mm. um, just barely cracked it for me. But I, you know, I had to give it to my boy Sufjan. He's one of my favorite artists of all time, and this was a really great one, especially as a big Sufjan fan, because it was a bit of a return to form for him after the, um, what would you say the 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 whatever he was doing before the electronic music uh, that he did last year, which I actually liked a lot as well. I mean, he hadn't just done, you know, a folk album in a decade, pretty much in over a decade. I don't think, um, you know, pre-Age of Ads. Uh, he hasn't really done something purely folk that I can think of. Um, so Carrie and Lowell. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that. I guess, yeah, Carrie and Lowell. But that was so stripped back. Um, mm. I, I would. So, yeah, I guess I'd give it to that. But even that sort of stands on its own on its own. As does this, but this just really reminded me of the Sufjan that I initially really connected with. This uh, I think of, is more uh, like old Sufjan Michigan than Carrie and Lowell type is. of Sufjan Stevens, yeah, uh, Seven Swans kind of stuff. So, and also not to downplay the contributions of Angelo De Augustine, it's just an artist I'm not as familiar with, but they they seem like natural collaborators. The, the their vocals mix so well, um, hmm. and you know they went away into a cabin, they wrote these songs, and they did a good job they they each represent a film. That doesn't matter to me. It does not add anything to the album. It's kind of a <laughs> cool
0: fact, I guess. Um yeah. but, but some of them are like make more sense than others. Yeah, this
1: is just <laughs> one that I, you know, uh, I was so excited when it came out cuz I was like, "Yes, it's like it's kind of real Sufjan again, even though the other stuff is real too." But uh I just wasn't expecting it. The, the songs are so peaceful, so angelic. It's typical Sufjan kind of ki kind of, but still without the whimsy of like Illinois and stuff, it's, it's just more here are these songs, here are these like kind of falsetto voices chirping back and forth. So if that's your thing, if you like this sort of, you know, boring Sufjan music, it's not boring, um, but it is as opposed to like a lot of the other albums I connected with this year. I think it's so low on my list because it's so reserved. It's so mm. like meditative that I just, I really have to be in like a very peaceful, serene kind of mood to go for it, which, you know, I'm more of a, like a, I like to rock out, man. Um, so, but I mean, I I still love it. Uh, beginner's mind. that's my 10th favorite album of 2021.
0: Yeah. Great record. My, my number 10 is Kiwi jr. With cooler returns. Mm. Um, this is a record by a band called kiwi jr whose last album i don't even remember what that album was called but i listened to it when it came out and i liked it i was like this is pretty good reminds me of pavement a little bit which is always a good sign for me um because that's one of my favorite bands ever football money was their last record in uh last year actually um and this new record did not get a big reception from the sort of critical community out there it seemed like maybe I guess it was just one for the heads, um, and it. But it's the one that made me a head, because um, now I love this band. Um, hmm. I think that there are a lot of clever, you know, funny twists of phrase on this record, which is just something that I love when any band uh, has. You know, just just uh, it. I love I love bands that just do that thing of like making really catchy indie rock songs um that are fun and have sort of like sardonic twists of phrase in them um
1: a twist of phrase you say
0: yes i love that i love i love all the bands that do that it's just that's that is just my wheelhouse um and and this this record is no different it has some really funny lyrics on it it also is you know it's doing the thing of commenting on uh commenting on like you know society and capitalism and all that kind of stuff you know all that stuff that's not fun to talk about you know what i think because i'm a little dumb dumb and i don't have anything interesting to say about that stuff yeah
1: i say stick to the music okay
0: but i like this band because they do that um and i'm too stupid to do that but, but they're smart and they're doing it
1: so you know how to play guitar all of a sudden you think you should understand how the world should work is that how it goes <laughs> yeah
0: that is how it goes
1: oh, okay oh, oh okay <laughs> okay that's cool
0: (laughs) and so that's why i'm not making a very good case i guess but that's why this record is my 10th favorite of the year that sounds cool Uh, it's just really catchy and fun i love the guitar parts on this record i love the vocal performances um i I think it's great um,
1: i have not heard this album
0: yeah i've told you to listen to it a bunch of times Uh, i
1: don't know um, (laughs) maybe Um, but it's not true i have listed all yums on my list uh, but that's one that i haven't listened to yeah so that's interesting So, but it sounds good. Uh, nothing I could say about it. it sounds good. Um, I'm going to check it out. You made it sound very good. You did it justice.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> What's your number nine?
1: All right. Number nine is We're on Drugs. I don't live here anymore. Right? That's what it's called. I don't live here anymore. What are you looking Uh, at?
0: I'm so sorry. I was getting a text from someone that was very surprising to me. It was about a butane torch and a smoke gun. It doesn't matter.
1: From your dad?
0: (laughs) No, it was from my friend Fong. Um, Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, (laughs) You didn't even react to my number nine album. It's We're On Drugs.
0: I don't live here anymore. That's my ninth
1: favorite album of the year.
0: Yeah. What did you ask me about it?
1: I didn't ask you anything, but you Did just, you ask me a question? No, you just didn't react at all. Oh that's go, what you said. Uh, <gasps> yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, <right>? delayed reaction. <laughs> uh, um You know, this one, it's a recent album and when it came out I listened it was all I listened to for about two weeks straight, which you know that means an album's good, right? Um well, actually I do that with a lot of albums, but this one uh, it's one of my favorite bands, and it's great to see them just hit, kind of in their groove, just hitting all the right notes. Nothing nothing too crazy going on here, mm-hmm. um, but they, um, they're they really channeling all their influences. You got a heavy Dylan influence going on, which I'm a big Dylan fan, so so I love that a lot. You got the harmonicas going strong. Uh, you got some, some really good kind of ballad type of tracks on here. I just we're on drugs, it's it's good old it's it's guitar music at its at its best like, you know (laughs) what I mean? Um, They're doing their thing. Yeah, Um, I love it. I don't know what more we just talked about this album. I don't know what more to say about it. Yeah. Um, So, it is one of my favorites of the year. I think that they did their thing and they did a great job, and I can't wait to see what the boys do next.
0: Yeah. Um, I also like that record.
1: Okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks for your contribution.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Okay. We, I mean, we talked about it in the last episode. I right, know. Yeah, whatever. Why well, belabor the point. <laughs> um, we both think it's good. You think it's gooder than I do because um, it's on your list. Yeah. Um, uh, my number nine is... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> my number nine is Foxing with Draw Down uh, the Moon. We're
1: going to be talking about this boy tonight.
0: Yeah. This record is so damn catchy. You know what's good about this record? It reminds me of albums I liked in high school.
1: You love that shit. That's everyone's <laughs> favorite thing,
0: right? I love it. I love it when something's like, ooh, this is like um the glory days. Bands, well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> my record my life got so much better after high school.
1: <laughs> Are you being sarcastic?
0: No, I'm being 100% serious. <laughs> my life in high school sucked.
1: But those were the glory days.
0: Uh, yeah, for you, maybe, you freaking jock. <laughs> <laughs> you were shoving me into lockers.
1: No, that's true. That's how we met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep, you were shoving me into lockers every day until one day we kissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said, let's be friends. <laughs> yep. Um. Anyway, the Foxing Draw Down the Moon, this record, it really does remind me of, like, uh, festival bands, you know, that would have been on the, like, coachella lollapalooza shaky knees whatever circuit uh when in like 2012 2013 era when we were in high school um which is just an era of indie pop that i love um and combining that with emo um guitars and lyrical styles is just so up my alley you're over there chuckling up a storm what's the deal
1: i was just thinking about the time that i shoved you in a locker in high school and then you started playing (laughs) new slang from a bluetooth speaker (laughs) and i said oh my god what is that (laughs) yeah yeah what a memory yeah and then i kind of fell for you a little bit Um, uh, (laughs) but that didn't last yeah (laughs) um but i'm sorry yeah Um, no what well, we, you were in the middle of something
0: no, I was just saying, yeah combining combining that that festival pop indie pop sound with uh emo kind of sensibilities um i guess yeah. particularly fourth wave emo sensibilities uh is so up my alley um that this record just feels like it was you know it's one of those things where it's like it was like made in a lab for me yeah it's you know
1: this this record was such a pleasant surprise, you know because. Yeah never would have guessed they would go this direction like no veer this much in this direction you know so yeah. like such a, a bold step mm-hmm. and honestly i think it did pay off it's certainly one of my favorite albums of the year i'm not mm-hmm. quite as high on it as you are just rather i have other albums i'm higher on mm-hmm. uh, but i uh i really do love it it is catchy as hell i w- i definitely like i was walking around for weeks after this came out it's like stop loving you and like, Ooh, just like I, i'm
0: hearing that bass line uh, now in my head
1: <laughs> oh man it is so good dude. it's really good um, so
0: i also uh, love the like really like goofy like childhood D D fantasy photo aesthetic of like the album cover yeah. and like the photo shoots it's, that it's, the band did around. And it's definitely got those the like, release cycle.
1: Those like fantastical epic drum fills at the mm-hmm. end, like yeah, like you would just like and some screaming guitars. You're a drummer, and yeah, I was a guitar player when I'm. You kind of like you just imagine yourself on a big stage, like and they just like where they were like, fuck it, we're gonna do it for real, yeah. um yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, it rules
0: so hard. Uh-huh. I I love that shit. What's yeah. your number eight?
1: Number eight. Uh, Let <laughs> me check my list. Um, <laughs> I moved stuff around so much. Number eight. <laughs> Bayo Dead Hand Control.
0: Damn. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: is this on your list? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know how we want to handle that. I guess you reveal it when we get to that number um yeah not, i guess i just
0: won't say anything about it for now not
1: you know i mean we just won't talk about it whenever you get to yeah you because know, uh man this was one of the great early albums of the year mm-hmm. and
0: um one of the biggest surprises one of the year biggest surprise
1: for me from Bayo chris Bayo, someone who i love a lot and have for some time i've loved him for a very long time um, <laughs> the
0: and some have said nobody loves him more than some me have
1: said nobody loves him more than me <laughs> the bassist of Vampire Weekend my favorite band Vampire Weekend mm-hmm. so I've always followed you know the solo careers of various Vampire Weekend members um, like Rostam who also had an album this year that was you know not one of my favorites um, and Bayo, who has always had like music that I thought yeah you know this is a bad but there's nothing about it that really sticks out to me that makes me feel like I never got into it. You know, it never grabbed me. But all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. like, I saw some, like, um, the lead up to this album. I started getting kind of hyped for it. I just had a good feeling about it. He looked better than ever with his big beard and wearing those suits and dancing all around. To the title track, Dead Hand Control. As soon as I saw that, I just felt like, oh, is this actually going to be really good? (laughs) And then when it came out, I was like, wow, this is, is this is this incredible? Is this amazing? <laughs> and it, it actually is. It's, the, I think, the danciest album I've listened to this year. Each song is, like, eight to ten minutes long, which is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But also, it's it's kind of, you know, Vampire Weekend has been channeling that jam band thing a lot lately, too, and I think he's, he sort of does it as well. Mm. Maybe that rubbed off on him,
0: because it's got, yeah, it would just break... But what's it. weird is that they still feel tight, right? They're still
1: tight, because it'll have a song that is just verse in chorus like very catchy hooks and then it'll just break into this groove where it just like like the bass is going cra- he, he's a very talented bassist mm-hmm. the bass is going crazy they're jamming out but you you don't notice that you're like oh when is the song gonna go over you're too busy dancing you're too busy having a good time mm. it's that's how good it is it's uh it's just incredibly catchy um Bayo knocked it out of the park on this one yeah what do you
0: think I agree, and I'll talk about it in a damn minute.
1: So you're really not going to change? No, let's talk what, about it I now. Should I say where
0: it is on my list?
1: I don't I don't know if that matters, but say what you think about it.
0: Okay, well, yeah. So I love this record. Um, like, it's really, it's one of my favorites of the year. Um, and, um, like, it is, it's just so catchy. So what surprised me is, like, I have not gotten really into Bayo's previous solo output. Um, there's been a song here or there that I've enjoyed. Um, but it, he's never struck me as honestly, this is going to sound mean to say it this way, but like, he's never struck me as somebody who like, I needed to pay attention to as a solo artist that much, but when, and you were excited for this record. And I even remember dismissing it up to that point where you were like, you were, you were excited for this record. And I was like, Oh really? Like, okay. Something that
1: you do to me all the time.
0: Yeah. I'm constantly just gaslighting and shitting on you and telling you your interests suck um that's me it's true (laughs) well i have to get you back for all that little locker stuff that's Um, fair (laughs) damn jock
1: the tables have turned
0: (laughs) yeah finally the nerds day has come (laughs) (laughs) in 2021 um uh yeah so this but then this record came out and i listened to it and i was like I had the same reaction you did. I was like, this is actually an incredibly interesting and catchy pop record like it's just undeniable to me. This record it's so it also what's interesting about it is that it also reminds me of 2012-2013 era indie pop um which is, you know, again, that is my that's my zone. I like that stuff. Yeah, well, it's coming. Um, it's
1: kind of it's just coming full circle, I think, is what's happening this year maybe. Yeah. Um that People uh, feel a little nostalgic for people that. People feel nostalgic and they're saying, well, maybe the past, what, seven years haven't been, you know, maybe the well run dry. It's time to, to go back, <laughs> yeah. get back about 10 years and see what's, what, what, what were we up to back then?
0: Yeah. Um, and also, um, you know, like the songwriting on this record, the lyrics, I guess, do not have the most depth of any record I heard this year, but they are like often fun and kind of funny. Um, interesting in that way and also and like
1: apocalyptic sort of is like yeah yeah for sure also like interesting you know
0: yeah for sure um and but the thing about this record to me is that the the melodies um and the production are just so perfectly tight and on point and catchy and danceable that this has been one of the like top three records for me as far as just wanting to put it on any old time. Mm. Not necessarily one of my top three records of the year. <laughs> we'll see where it falls in my list. But just as far as a record that I want to put on at any given moment, just to have on and 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 hang out to, this is one of the top ones.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, and and I will say, his voice is sexy as hell. Like, uh, yeah, he's got this deep voice, and mm-hmm. he's really killing it at the vocal performances. It. It's kind of got like an 80s thing going for me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Baio, Dead Hand Control. It really um, works. He, he, it's a great one. Knocked it out of the park. What is your
0: number eight album of the year? Uh, My number eight album of the year is a little album called Ska Dream, baby. Oh, buddy. <laughs> it's by Jeff Rosenstock, one of my favorite artists of the last damn two decades ever uh yeah maybe ever probably ever definitely ever yeah um <laughs> now that i think about it um i just love the guy so much we saw him live recently
1: yep he, i'm still busted up from it
0: yeah he played a scott dream song at that show maybe two scott dream songs
1: um maybe just one. well they're all on no dream
0: well, right, but he played, like, a ska version. Oh, sure, yeah. He he, had, he definitely had a couple of the ska versions, yeah, I think.
1: definitely in the encore there was some ska going on. I remember that. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of all a blur to me, but... Yeah, um, it, sure. I mean, incredible show if you ever get a chance to see him.
0: Yeah. Um, he he was amazing. That whole show was amazing. Um, yeah, we're talking about ska dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just say that to say that that, like, even enhanced my appreciation of yeah. these songs. Yeah. Um, to have finally seen him live, one of my favorite artists. And also, this album, Ska Dream, obviously, it is a kind of reinterpolation of uh, no his, dream. his album from last year, No Dream, mm-hmm. where all the songs are now Ska. Yeah. Um, and Ska is, has been having a bit of a moment recently. Um, Jeff Rosenstock is not a Johnny come lately to Ska, of course. He has been, you know, waving the Ska flag for many years now yes, yes, uh, was originally in like arrogant sons of bitches, which was a ska band. He was in bond the music industry, which had ska songs. Um, And um, it was really exciting to hear him make a full return to ska on this most recent record, making those songs that um, and no dream, by the way, almost made my list. Yes. Last year, but didn't quite. Yeah. I think Um, if I
1: were to remake my top 10, it might, it would have maybe ended up being on it yeah uh, just because of how much I, I mean i listened to that album so much in the lead up to the show mm-hmm. i was like oh these are like this is such a good fucking album yeah they're incredible um, songs but yeah and also but ska dream yeah i mean it's it is just it's so impressive how he he makes them work perfectly mm-hmm. as ska songs each one it's um it's it's honestly it's an unbelievable yeah like <laughs> how how like how are you that good at M- music like <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> the thing is he's a damn genius yeah um and i am in awe of the ska yeah um yeah these ska versions of these songs are just so great so catchy so fun so danceable so groovy um i'm all about it
1: yeah and it's got it's got all the moments that just like if you're you've ever been into ska that just totally play to that like mm-hmm. the little political rap that's uh, in the middle of the one <laughs> of the songs. It's so good. And little trombone, the like little trombone slides and yeah. just uh, like such like moments that just really bring a smile to your face. It's such a fun listen, mm-hmm. uh, but also insanely good. Uh, yeah. The bass songs are good. And then the ska versions, it's like, it, it's not even a, you know. An improvement or anything like it's just like exactly it's its it doesn't it's it, yeah, it, yeah it does
0: not supplant no dream i yeah. think they make each other better yeah truly um which is quite an accomplishment um so yeah that's my number eight scott dream
1: uh huh great okay my number seven album of the year sturgill simpson the dude in juanita the best country album of the year this is on my me. list. This is on your list. Yeah. Okay. Not your number seven album.
0: No, I guess I'll just go ahead and say it's my number six.
1: Okay. Um. So yeah. So yeah, we'll talk, we can talk about this now. Yeah. Um. We better be able to, Uh. yeah, yeah. This is another one that, that's slid down on my list because other slim uh, slid up. It was originally in my top five and I was putting my list together because I have listened to it so consistently since it came out. It's like what, twenty. To thirty minutes long, yeah, uh, like twenty-eight minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a breezy listen, and yet it packs so much country history into one album. It's it's uh, it's also a pretty great achievement because at all, in addition to to channeling so many different uh, country influences so successfully, it also tells a cohesive narrative mm-hmm. uh, that is good. It's like sitting through a thirty-minute western, um, and it hits all the story beats where you know this guy. Um, you know, his wife gets kidnapped, and then you know his horse dies, his dog dies. Oh, but it all plays out in a very sincere way that is actually mm-hmm. pretty emotionally affecting. And then you dig into it, you find out it's based on his grandma and grandpa, his grandpa who taught him how to uh, do country music, mm-hmm. and it just adds a whole other layer to it. Uh, but even just taking the album as it is, just none of that context, just listening to it, the songs are so good. Um, specifically. Um Sam, that's like, it's kind of interesting how that's one of his top songs on Spotify now. When it's just it's this call and response, uh, thing like one and a half minute thing about a dead dog, mm-hmm. but it's just um so good. Maybe the best song I've ever heard about a dog. Yeah, and, and then Juanita, the the song featuring Willie Nelson is just uh fucking incredible. Uh, his vocals, he is is going at it, Sturge, mm-hmm. top notch. Throughout uh, the album, I just want to like, say,
0: like, his vocal performances are some of the best of his career.
1: Yeah, um, this really feels like, I I gotta say, I, I think that this album should be getting a lot more critical recognition th- than it is. I mean, I, I kind of, I'm not super into the pub- music publications, but I haven't seen this on a lot of year-end lists, and no. to me, this is uh, Sturgill in his prime doing a, doing a really great album, a great concept album at that, so yeah come on
0: it's weird it seems like sailor's guide to earth is the only album of his that's ever gotten that real mainstream traction yeah
1: which i get why with that one it would but yeah i mean this is uh for me honestly on a similar caliber
0: yeah i agree um yeah this may be my favorite record of his to date um honestly uh i love how succinct it is um, and it, I think that it is an incredible accomplishment that it is so short, but also feels so sinister, Jesus Christ, cinematic and also like, yeah, just it's grand scope is incredible to me. Um, yeah. and also I already shouted out his vocal performances. Um, I also want to shout out the, uh, studio musician, musicians who play on this record. Um, I think it's some of the same musicians who play on his cutting grass volumes oh, um, sure, of his like yeah. bluegrass mm-hmm. reinterpolations of his own songs um i think some of those same musicians play on this record and it comes through with just this really incredible um yeah just this incredible like classic country sound that just it just sounds like this like beautiful hollywood movie version of the southwest in a way that that comes across as like you know, sort of authentic and inauthentic in yeah. equal measure, but in a way that like is like really works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: totally. It, it really it it packs so much into a, such a neat little package. Yeah. And it, I mean, it feels like a type of album that that hasn't really been alive mm-hmm. uh, for a little while, um, and y- and yet it 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 stands on its own while also. You know, respecting you know the like Willie Nelson uh, came before it, yeah, all that sort of thing,
0: and it effectively um, ends the uh, you know the five album cycle or whatever that Sturgill Simpson set out to do uh-huh. that he's been talking about for years. Yeah,
1: so yeah, it's really what a great way to end it. I I th- I think that uh, this is one that I I hope that people look back on and say man, that, that really, uh, you know, passed us by or whatever, but that's kind of a masterpiece. Yeah. Because uh, cause I honestly think it is a, a bit of a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, but anyways,
0: your number seven? My number seven is, uh, this has already been mentioned tonight, but it is Paranol to ah. see the next part of the dream. Um, this record uh, is just incredibly beautiful bedroom indie Emo pop, shoegaze, whatever you name it, but it is just um, one of the prettiest records I've heard this year. Um, also, one of the most emotionally affecting records I've heard this year, without me really knowing what it's about um, in any sort of specific way. Um, it's just a it's just a piece of music that, on its own, kind of moves me. Um, and I love it for that. Um, it was so exciting when it first came out to hear it before it went big, because it was a few months after it came out before it finally kind of seemed to hit major publications, started reviewing it and stuff. Uh huh. Um, and it was it was equally exciting to to sort of feel like you were in the know, you know being like listening to it on Bandcamp or whatever, and being like, this is really one of the great records of the year so far. Mm-hmm. And then it hits the mainstream and everybody's talking about it. And that's also really exciting. Cause it's like, finally people are like talking about <laughs> this thing that rules. And like, I want everybody to hear it. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, those were two great music moments of this year for me.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. I think I remember, I think I got onto it after it was out on Spotify and everything. And yeah. i just starting to see it everywhere. I, I mentioned it to you i was like hey you heard this and you had heard it yeah um, I,
0: I had texted it to you months earlier <laughs> i don't know about all you that didn't listen eh, to it
1: i don't know uh, <laughs> now,
0: now you're putting words <laughs> in my mouth um no i'm putting words in my mouth uh, oh uh. No, i don't i don't know what, what you're putting where but i don't like it um <laughs> <laughs> well, well um, when you put it that way
1: but yeah i mean this i thought for sure was a lock and then it just didn't work out yeah. that way for my top 10 but uh we uh it's it is so good like i said earlier it's uh, every time i listen to it it's like i'm snuggling up with a blanket mm-hmm. of just my favorite sounds in the world just the the prettiest stuff um and i uh th- there, he's put out some more stuff that i haven't listened to yet i'm excited to, to l- listen to because yeah i haven't dug in either um, it, but uh, but this is uh undeniably one of the best releases of the year i think mm-hmm. uh if, if you're a music nerd like us and you haven't listened to this what are what are you doing stop listening to this go listen to that
0: yep I'm, we're always saying that yeah uh yeah you're an indie dork well what's your number six
1: number six uh, uh, number six <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you bumped your glasses into your microphone.
1: Oh, boy. I'm not even going to bother adding that out. My number six <laughs> album of the year is Great Big Pile of Leaves Pono. Um, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. This thing, it snaps, it craggles, it pops. It's so good. Oh, I don't know if it does any of those things, but um, that's not how I would describe it. Um, it it's just so, it's, it's so good. It was such a, a nice pleasant surprise like a lot of the great albums this year that i uh great big pile of leaves i had sort of i wasn't thinking about them much and then i kind of caught when the new release was coming out and i was like oh yeah that was actually that's a fantastic band I, I got back into their old stuff uh for a few weeks and was just like oh yeah this is maybe one of my favorite bands they're so good like the, the best guitar sounds in the world uh and then this comes out and it's just it's i mean I think this is such a tight album. I yeah. don't think there's any misses on it. I think every song is so good yep. and they all have these like great breezy guitars on them, these great riffs that just they it's so it sounds like it labored over obviously, but at the same time they just make it seem so easy. Like the just you can it's like they're playing these like riffs just so effortlessly. It's so breezy. Uh it's like, it's like a cool summer's day each of the songs is and, uh, and, but also like, you know, they're, they, they each have, you know, distinctive hooks. Uh, it, it's so good. You like this, don't you?
0: Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. It is not in my 10. I I want it to be, I I wanted it to be. Um, but yeah, I agree. These songs are incredibly catchy. Um, it was a, the perfect like late summer record for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it ju- yeah, it's just a record that sounds like, I don't know, like, running around as a kid, like, in the sunshine. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's ju- it just fucking... It ju- <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. <laughs> it, ju- it just fucking, like, it fucking slaps. I don't know. Like, I love these songs. They're you, really yeah, good what songs. What
1: is there to say about it? This is-
0: I have no, like, really apt descriptive language to... To kind of like enunciate what is great about this record, it's just a feeling. It's hard because this record has just a great feel to it.
1: It's got a great feel that that kind of lifts you up. It's hard to really describe because it's not like this is doing anything crazy that you haven't heard before.
0: And what's weird is it's kind of stripped back their sound a little bit. Yeah. The guitars are a little bit less intricate. It really
1: has, and the vocals are super, you know, washed out. And the Um, lyrics
0: are pretty directly about, you know, Mm-hmm. family and aging yeah. and having I, kids I and all that stuff.
1: That's kind of what's nice about it for me. And I'll talk about this a little bit more maybe mm-hmm. with some of the other albums, but this was a, and this is not really an emo band. They're more indie rock, mm-hmm. but they're, they're sort of an emo adjacent band. Uh, yeah. kind of part of that scene, I think. Um, but I just like, I like was super into emo in high school. It was one mm-hmm. of my favorite genres. I totally fell off of it mm-hmm. as I, you know, kind of the later years of college, uh, as an upperclassman um yeah i I just i was not into emo music so much i mean because it wasn't happening as much for one thing sort of the emo revival went away a lot of those bands stopped making music but i just like wasn't connecting with those bands because of a lot of the lyrical content was just like it seemed so like i mean i guess i kind of wasn't that it but like high school type of it's called like just like sort of like angsty i guess is what i'm saying like uh the very very angsty like um You know, like I dropped my girlfriend off at the aquarium and she won't talk to me anymore and she dropped her phone in the electric eel t- stuff like that uh-huh. Um but <laughs> now <laughs> yeah there's a lot of stuff like that <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff like that but now a lot of these bands the uh, the emo bands that are making I'm trying now, to call her but the eel picked yeah, up yeah the eel picked up she's fucking <laughs> the eel it's like oh come on stop talking about the toxic masculinity stuff <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but now yeah. it's like uh, there's just, what I'm trying to say is there are bands that are singing, uh, much more sincere, like sincere lyrics about family and like positive <laughs> self-image yes. and like just healthy relationships. And I listen to that and I'm like, well, this is reflection. This is nice. Like I like <laughs> listening to this. This doesn't make me feel like I'm listening to music for a 16 year old.
0: Like, yeah. um, uh, it is a very beautiful and sweet album. Yeah. So I don't know why I went off on that little thing, but um no yeah no there used to be uh, so many lyrics about like oh i went <laughs> i went to the big football game and everybody was meatheads there honestly and i'm yeah, pissed because yeah. everybody at the football game was they were meatheads
1: yeah i mean kind of it was <laughs> kind of like that right <laughs> no there, there were there were <laughs> um, Look, um, looking at you, you modern to, baseball you, you used to say that stuff to me all the time in high school um, uh about, and I, about meatheads and i would say get in the fucking locker bozo <laughs> yeah um But anyways, yeah, Great Big Pile of Leaves, it was just to to have them return and have such a a perfect album, uh, in my opinion, that I just keep listening to over and over again. I can't ask for anything better. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Do we want to, near number six is um, uh, Sturgill or whatever? Yeah, it's Sturgill Simpson. All right, so do we want to take a little break before we go into our top five? I think so. All right. Hey, welcome back.
0: We're back. I'm trying that Pinot Noir. It's a little watery.
1: I think it's a little watery. Did you put any water in it, perchance? Um,
0: six ounces.
1: I mean, I think this is like a $10 bottle. Keep in mind, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, fair. Yeah,
0: not bad. Flavor's good. Not a lot of body. Anyway. I'd say we're making pretty good on time. (laughs) We're doing great. I mean, I'm saying that I have no idea how much time we've taken so far. We're Um, at about like an hour 20. Great. Um, That seems long.
1: I was expecting this to be like a two hour episode.
0: Okay. Then we're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Great. Should we, you know, talk about like our number five?
1: Oh, okay. Right into number five. Uh, You want to switch it up and now you go first.
0: Yeah, sure. Okay. My number five is Bayo. You go next.
1: Anything else you'd like to say about Bayo? Dead Hand Control?
0: I love it, and I think he's so hot. Okay. And I like it when he wears that suit, that monochromatic suit. Is it yellow?
1: Listen, like a we're yellow here to talk suit about he wears the music. In the not, music video. Not the man behind the music. He's uh, hot. Yeah, he is pretty hot. <laughs> okay. My number five album of the year. Gami Gang by Origami Angel. Wow. This is one that's just been rising in the ranks as far as my favorite albums of the year because, yeah, you know, when when I've been thinking about like what what are my favorite albums of the year and, you know, going through listening to them all again, this is the one that I've been most excited to listen to consistently, is what I'm trying to say. Every time I put it on, I just get so pumped up. It's such back to back bangers. Um, Like, it's really incredible. And this was the year that I got back into Emo. reignited my passion for one of my favorite genres and they're one of the bands that really did it this album and one other album that we'll talk about later the ones that really did it for me origami angel i was never into them before this they were they were a new band to me this year and i've been so into this particular album i've still really yet to dig into their other stuff much uh they had one album before this they have a lot of other stuff out there too but yeah um, that album's good yeah i'm sure it is because this one's amazing but it's just so fun like Right from the start where they have that sort of trap beat um, that's just like, oh, what, what is this? They're just having fun, dude. Yeah. Um, and then it go, that goes into Self-Destruct, one of the great singles of the year uh, mm-hmm. from any artist, I think. It, that's such a great song. But then uh, song after song after song is so fun and, and um, is just experimenting with a, a lot of different uh, styles. Like they have Bossa Nova core, where they do the Bossa Nova thing but then they still stick to that same core sound that they have. They've got, you know, the little samples that are clips from movies, I guess. I don't really know where any of them are from, but they're still fun. It's done well. And kind of what, like, this is what I was really thinking about when I went on that tangent earlier with great big pile of leaves is that I just think this is such a great refreshing album lyrically where it talks about kind of, you know, cute, healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And he talks about having loving relationships with his friends and, you know, positive self image, like accepting, you know, wanting to look like someone else, but you're never going to look like that. But you're, you're still, you have all these, you're great the way you are. You have friends that make you happy. It's just like really kind of refreshingly sincere lyrical content for an Mm -hmm. emo album. Um, but it still goes hard as fuck. I think, um, I mean, it's, it's like a poppier emo album, which is kind of what I like, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really great one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it, yeah, I, I would, I would more or less call it a pop punk album. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's one of the most joyful records I heard all year. Um, and it nearly, it came pretty close to making my 10 mm. for that reason, because I, I love to put it on when I just want to feel amped. Yes. Uh, it really gets me there. Um, it, it,
1: it truly never fails to amp me up. <laughs> like it's, in, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It And it does have that, that, um, joyous, sincerity, um, and just like the tone of like a celebration of life, um, that um, I find really powerful.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I agree. I think and it's also powerful... the,
0: the the production is like kind of throwbacky and glossy. Yeah, in a good way.
1: Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, it's they're another one of those bands that that's looking to the past uh, while while also making something that sounds very fresh. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're doing a great job of it. Origami Angel, Gami Gang, one of the best albums of the year. Yeah. Number four.
0: Is this me? Yeah. Okay. It's Cheek Face with Emphatically No. I was wondering when it would come up. Um, Yeah, it it almost went higher than number four, but it couldn't quite do it. Mm. Um, But... That's not to say that it's bad, because I think it's actually good. Uh, Cheekface's Emphatically No is a record that I heard, I mean, I don't know quite when it came out, but it feels like I heard it pretty early in the year. Uh, Just reading a random review, it was reviewed on like a pretty small music site um, that I'm blanking on the name of at the moment, but um, I saw it there and decided to check it out on a lark because the review made it sound like it was up my alley, and it totally was. It once again does that sort of clever, funny lyrics, uh, sharp guitars and songwriting, very catchy, uh, almost like talk singing, Yep. kind of cake type of stuff, cake, Um, pavement, um, silver Jews, parquet courts, courts, all those kinds of that kind of shit that I love. Mm -hmm. It's doing all of it almost to the point where when I first heard it, I was like, am I being like pandered to like too hard with this one? Yeah. But then the more I listen to it, the more I'm just like, no, this is a good, this is a good execution yeah. it's, of that uh, type of sound. Um, and that type of uh, vibe that um, really works for me. And I just love it. I think that this band is great. I'm really excited to see where they go next. Um, you know, cheek face forever. Yeah, cheeky I love forever.
1: these guys. This is an incredible album. Um like I'm so glad that you put me on to it. Mm. Maybe one of the funniest albums I have heard all year. Definitely one of the funniest albums I've yeah. heard all year. <laughs> it's got there, some, there's some some really, banging lines. some really wacky great lines in there that since we're recording, I obviously can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. Um but it's a funny album and it's also it's so it's so catchy. Um it's it's the type of thing you listen to and you're like why is this not the most popular band in the world? Yeah, <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it's crazy it's how so like fun.
0: not very popular they are.
1: Yeah, uh, they they should be. I think I think that they they will be someday if there's any because because you know Cake is a, a radio band. Uh, p- people like this sort of thing. Uh, yeah, like I mean it, that it, was a different time. That was yeah. a different time. So I don't know how that happens nowadays. But I'm just saying like you play. I think you play this around. You know, in any environment, and people like oh well this is this is fun what is this like this is good
0: uh yeah people i play it around tend to like it um <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> usually <laughs> but I'm yeah looking at you dad <laughs> uh yeah but it it's it's great you know like there's so many i just i look through the track list and it's also another album that's kind of shorter it's like 13 songs but 34 minutes um which is is cool. I'm into that, um, and it just like every song I can like remember the sound of like the melody and the hook is just in my head, um, which is you know the sign of a great pop songwriter, uh, which I think they are. Um, and yeah, I, I you know I love it.
1: Yeah, they're they're uh, they're they're incredible. One of the great new artists that I've discovered this year. And, um, yeah, Cheek Face. Gotta give it to Cheek Face.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, number four. Cheek okay. it to your face. Uh,
1: my number four, yep. Um, <laughs> um, Slaughter Beach Dog at the Moon Base. Wow. Number four. I originally disqualified this album from being considered because it came out on Christmas last year. Technically yeah. 2020, but Randy made a good point that it should still count. Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. uh, I and, basically bullied your ass. And also like, because we also slaughter beach dog opened for Jeff Rosenstock at the concert we went to last week. I started listening to this album again. And I was like, well, wait a second. This is one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to put it there. I think it's on your list too. Yeah. Um, I don't know where we'll find out soon. Um, but geez, I mean, what a I, I slaughter beach dog! Already a band I was really into. Um, Jake, what's his face from modern baseball? I don't remember Ewald. his last name, Jake Evil from modern baseball. Ewald. Uh, yep, Jake Evil from modern baseball. Okay. I don't care, I can't hear what you're saying. That's um,
0: fine. <laughs> Jake Ewald,
1: oh, Jake Ewald, um, from modern baseball. And edit that together to make it sound real nice. Um, <laughs> of Slaughter Beach Dog, already a band I liked a lot.
0: You can, but will you? Uh,
1: that was on the up, and, but just knocked it out of the park. Like, uh, this came out and it was like, wow, what a huge step up for him, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for one thing, you have the addition of, I don't know who plays the sax on this album. I wish I had uh, researched that before so I could shout him out, but uh, whoever contributes saxophone to this album really just, uh, y- you know, it, it takes the slaughter beach dog music to the next level. I think There's some incredible saxophone breaks in this, uh, but also his best lyricism to date. He's definitely doing that talk singing thing that we were just talking about, but he's, he's basically just going full poet on this album where he, he's just sing talking pretty much just talking these, these poems that he wrote over uh, these kind of guitars marching forward. And then it will take a break and go into the most beautiful saxophone solo you've ever heard. Uh, he's got witticisms, he's, he's got, you know, funny stuff going on, but also pretty uh, profound, like, intra- introspective type of lyrics that, uh, it just like, it's so intimate, I don't know, like, for one thing, part of the album is, intentionally sounds like an intimate show that he's playing, like a concert, uh, but also, it it just, it's like he's talking directly to you the entire time and kind of reminding you of various points throughout your life. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, a it's really an incredible record. Yeah. Number three.
0: My number three record of 2021 is Wild Pink's A Billion Little Lights. um, this record, did you uh, did you listen to this record? Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Okay. Um, this record, I think, is one of the most beautiful records of the year. It does a sort of, um, you know, twilight, synth-tinged Americana um, version of indie pop songwriting that um, is really really relaxing and appealing to me anytime I've been sitting outside all year long this has been the record I want to put on just breathing fresh air whether I've you know I just I have memories from throughout this year of like times I was like sitting on a dock by a lake and I just put this record on or I was just sitting out on our back porch and I put this record on um because where else were
1: you <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was in my room and I put this record on uh, I was at the beach, and I put this record on. Hey,
1: this is a bit of a Slaughter Beach Dog <laughs> song going on right now. It's, it's becoming one, yes.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking of you, and I put but this record on. <laughs> um, yeah, but this, this record just has su- such beautiful songwriting, and um, not just sonically, but also lyrically, Um, and, and it's interesting because I was not really aware of Wild Pink going into this record when it came out. I went back to some of their previous work and, um, it did not do that much for me. Um, Yolk and the Fur, I think is a good, solid record, but I don't love it the way I love this record. I feel like for me, this is the record where they really came through with, a sound that is a little bit more unique songwriting. that's a little bit stronger and catchier and more lyrically interesting. They have a lot of lyrics about, um, sort of the, I don't know, like the kind of the dying days of the American dream and the West mm. and, and all of these sort of lofty things that are, um, really wistfully yeah. sung about in a way that is really emotionally, affecting for me um i also love that this is a florida band um, oh word okay. they're they're from here um so i always just kind of like that when i love a band and find out they're from florida absolutely um and yeah this this has just been one of the records that's just been has really like tugged on my heartstrings throughout this year um it has this moorish character to it where i just always go back to it and it is comforting um but also um, emotionally deep and satisfying. Yeah, to me, and for I sure.
1: It. This is one that I should I should revisit because I, when it came out, I listened to it, you know, three or four times and really loved it, and then it just you know onto other stuff. Um, and it kind of went to the back of my mind. But I I remember um all those things you were saying about it were also true for me, mm. in exactly the exact words that you just said. As is, is <laughs> what I thought when I was listening to it wow um <laughs> no i don't know it was really good i just i don't i don't remember but i, I remember liking it a lot um so yeah all right you remember, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's your number three
1: My right, number three is oh, oh big red machine uh how long is it gonna last um this one would kind of surprised me because i didn't know if it was gonna like place this highly for me but then my spotify wrapped came out and i was like wow i really listen to this album a lot like a lot of my top songs are is every song from that album cuz i listened to it over and over again i played it at work i played it when i was trying to relax and read and just um and it, it's just such a an album that i could put on whenever and just and similar to fleet fox's shore from last year it's like an and just this calm feeling would wash over me mm. um part of that is because this is like one of my favorite types of music, like the Bon Iver, Fleet Foxes type of indie folk. Um, that was sort of a big part of my like musical music nerd coming of age mm. in high school when Fleet Foxes was really big, Bon Iver was getting really big. They were sort of breaking into the mainstream, and that's how it reached me as someone who was just sort of getting into music.
0: And Sufjan.
1: Um and Sufjan, who was just and like, the National, for you know, that what, matter. what's up with this indie music thing? Yeah, and the National; yeah. those were all bands that were just, if they were kind of on the surface because they were breaking through into the mainstream. So, mm-hmm. but those are also the ones that I connected with the the most heavily because I was very into folk music. I really connected with Fleet Foxes and Bon Iver in particular, yeah, um, and also the National at the time. So big red mission for this uh, this yeah, album sort hate of. Them. No, I love the national, but this album sort of represents like uh, a culmination of, of some of those trends because you know it's still been going where like uh, it broke o- it went over into Taylor Swift, like one of the the biggest pop stars of all time, uh, and she was doing the bony bear thing, like so like that to me was like wow, now this sound is really huge and it, everyone loves it and wants to hear it, um, but this was sort of a culmination or a combination of having you know that having gone mainstream but also it's taking it, it's like there's a fleet there's a what's his name feature from fleet fox is on it uh, robin Pecknold. there's multiple taylor swift features but at the same time it's such in in bon Ver. it's all obviously it's it's his project and is it aaron desner yeah um it's their project big red machine so obviously bon Ver is all over it as well um, but at the same time, it's very much Aaron Dessner at the front of this thing, I feel mm-hmm. like, but he's taking all these people he's collaborated with um, and worked with through the years, and it's just, it's like a best-of album of all new songs, kind of, if that makes sense. Um, it, it's it's the culmination of a, a particular genre that ha- is very near and dear to my heart, and that is why I think this album connected so deeply with me but also just the songs are really great Greece uh is such a great kind of Bon Iver song the Renegade one of the best singles of the year um that I feel like really uh I think I think that's a massively popular song actually um that really connected with a lot of people this is just uh it's a it's a total success for me as far as uh like wrapping up that that trend of music and, and hopefully going maybe somewhere else after this but for me this this feels like an album that's like we're going to give it all we got uh, basically mm-hmm. that's it, what Aaron Desner is saying he's like I, I've been playing with all this stuff for years and years and years mm-hmm. now I'm going to wrap it up and put a bow on it mm-hmm. uh, and, and just give it to me in particular <laughs> uh, and thank you Aaron Desner for giving me this gift
0: he was giving it to you
1: I love it he gave it to me and I love him for it <laughs> um
0: yeah yeah and i'll 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 shout out in particular the um i love uh the song that is about aaron desner's twin brother who he plays in the national with on this record which mm. is called Brycey. oh yeah um second to last song on the record which is a is a beautiful song um and uh yeah i i also really like this record i think it's really good it did not you know it obvious for obvious reasons i think it didn't hit me the same way it hit you but Mm -hmm. like i think it's i think it's a pretty incredible achievement um and and yeah i I totally agree with everything you said nice (laughs) yes (laughs) yes (laughs) um so moving on to number twos we're in top two territory oh baby wow <laughs> well all i gotta say right now is you already know what it is it's julian baker
1: i did not know that wow <laughs>
0: number two julian baker little oblivions this is the best album
1: no, it's number two <laughs>
0: well it's the second best album ever. um yeah ever julian baker little
1: oblivions is what he's trying to say um (laughs)
0: julian baker little oblivions in case you couldn't understand me because i was speaking so uh excitedly yeah um i get really amped up to talk about this record because i love it so much the reason that i love it so much is that i think that it is julian baker's um i wouldn't exactly call it a return to form because i liked her last record but mm. I do think that her her this is her third record, and I think her second record, um, first was sprained ankle, second was what was it? Do you remember what it was called? Mm-mm. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. Turn the lights off. Or yeah, the, the, turn yeah. the lights out. Is that right? That's
1: a song from it. I don't. I think. Uh...
0: I feel like that's what it is. Um, but anyway, I may mean, we'll cut out. Turn out the lights. I was almost right. Turn out the lights. Turn out the lights. Yeah um <laughs> we can cut a few seconds of that out no nope. but turn out the lights is her second record i think that that is a good record but for me is the weakest of the three yeah
1: interesting it, it got the most critical acclaim out of out of all three
0: that's what i've noticed yeah um which is weird because i think that her first record will really stand the test of time as a classic for a certain age of person i
1: think it has yeah
0: yeah i think that like especially for like teenagers that will be the record. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that record sprained ankle. Um, but turn out the lights. I feel like she was really like experimenting with a bigger, grander sound. Um, but I feel like her songwriting got a little bit swallowed up in that, um, to a certain extent. Um, and it wasn't quite the level up that I was hoping it would be. And I think that this new record is, um, I think that her songwriting really shines through on this record. I think that it is uh, in equal parts, you know, beautiful and brutal. Um, I find it really deeply affecting to put on headphones and listen to this record as I have countless times this year. Um, And I just really connect with Julian Baker as a performer. I think she's a really powerful vocalist. I've loved her work with Boy Genius and you know obviously i really connect with the the sort of meta narrative of um you know her being in the the sort of like christian kid to kind of like emo adjacent queer kid mm. pipeline um i i really connect with that and so any artist that is kind of um that is, that is writing about that is Mm -hmm. going to connect with me. Um, just like Lucy Dacus's record did this year as well, which is not on my list, unfortunately, but is also a great record. Also a great record that carries a lot of those themes and also very strong songwriting and aesthetics. Um, and, uh, I like that record a lot as well, but Julian Baker just is the one that has always like really connected with me the most as a songwriter of the Boy Genius crew. Um not that they, you know, need to be compared all the time, because they do get compared all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean it's it's but it's an obvious It thing. just it just happens. Yeah. You know? That's just kind of um, how it is. Um but but yeah, I just love this record. It very nearly was my number one of the year. Yeah. Um because I just find it so powerful and also um you know it just weirdly to me at least is like one of those things where, like, I feel out—I feel totally out of step with the kind of like critical conversation. Right. Where, like, it, it this record of, um, did not connect in the way I thought it would, but it did for me. It kind you of, you know, came and went. But it really yeah, did for me. I
1: definitely, when it came out, listened to it and I thought, oh yeah, yeah, this is uh you, you know some of her best work. It's uh, a great step in the right direction. She's playing drums now. Uh, yeah, like uh, a lot of the songs. I was, I just like, I, I haven't been in the mood for that sort of music. Yeah, as much like in a, in a little while especially this, you know late second half of the year uh, i was rocking out too much but mm-hmm. though there are some songs that do rock rather hard on this album um yeah it, it's, it's <laughs> it is uh it's definitely she still knows how to connect with you emotionally and kind of kind of mm-hmm. just st- stick you where it hurts yeah um
0: yeah. well and i think on turn out the lights it felt to me like she was in her first experiments with using the studio as part of her, um, as part of her songwriting process mm-hmm. as part of her art. And it feels like on this record, she finally made the leap where she's really more successfully accomplishing that of using the studio as, as part of what she is communicating to you where it turned out the lights. It, it felt a little bit more washed out. Like she was, you know, those were her sort of first experiments with doing that, and this this record, it feels like she really leveled up to to kind of mastering that skill.
1: Yeah, I agree. I th- yeah, this uh this is a a really well done album, and I respect you. I respect the hell out of you for for naming it your second best album of the year. Um, yeah. and I think I'm a hero. I think it's great. But anyways, <laughs> on to me, the real hero for what I named my second album of the year. Um, you know what it is, my number two, Kanye West, Donda. Um, I I just, you know, Randy hasn't let me talk about this album on the podcast yet, not Um, allowed. But he can't stop me today. I even considered momentarily. I was like, is this my number one album of the year? Mm -hmm. And I was was like, "I, I can't do that. That'd be ridiculous. Um, because the thing about this album is, it is way too long. It's so bloated. Um. Yeah, there. I mean, there's songs that are on here twice. There's multiple songs that are on here two times for some reason. Um, some, <laughs> some, some terrible choices that he made. One in particular. It's like, why, why would you do that and, and create all this bullshit controversy? Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's the the fucked up shit about that guy that ma- makes it not fun to be a, a big fan of his sometimes, but. Alas, I, I, I am a big Kanye fan. I I am one of the people who, you know, thinks he's one of the great artists of our time um, and also just who en- really enjoys his music. So for me, as a big Kanye fan, this was a really exciting release because his last album, Jesus is King, totally put me down on him. I was just like, I mean, this is not good. And he is just doing some nonsense right now, uh, both personally politically and musically all, all around a big nonsense guy uh and i don't want i once you get into musical nonsense that's that's a step too far for me yeah. um
0: closed on sunday you met chick filet
1: yeah it, jesus is king it was not it for me and i was not into the whole press cycle of this album because i was just like he's a bummer Yeah, I was just like, I mean, what is going on? And I've been caught up in a Kanye album release cycle before, and it's just there's so much bullshit
0: that goes on where he just... Even in the last week, there's been bummer news about Kanye.
1: Yeah, I don't even think I saw that, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, No, for sure. But And then it just wasn't coming out, wasn't coming out. Then it finally came out, and I was like, okay, well, I love Kanye. I'm going to listen to it. And I listened to the whole thing, and I was like, wow, I legitimately loved that. I really enjoyed that and I listened to it over and over again. And since then, more so than listening to the actual album all the way through, because it's like two hours long. um, I have listened to songs from it. Uh, And there's some songs I don't listen to a lot, but just, just overall, I I just had to give it to this. It's one of my most listened to albums of the year. Mm -hmm. Donda was all over my, my spot if I wrapped because I just keep going back to it. It's such a collaborative album that he's really taking all the best hip hop artists that are kind of out there right now, at least in the mainstream and just bringing the best out of each of them, except for Jay Z of course, who in typical fashion has a terrible verse on one of the best songs on the album. (laughs) Um, But even that it's like, it's all part of it. I mean, even the the stuff that is not good about this album, how bloated it is, uh, the, the weird jokes and stuff that, that goes on. It's just kind of all part of, what I've grown to enjoy about Kanye is a big fan of him. So this is like in a way, the most Kanye album there's been. And it, it, in that regard is sort of a huge success in my opinion. Uh, but it's also still just incredible production and really good songs. Jail, Lord, I need you keep my spirit alive. Um, new again, there, there's just junior junior, Um, man, there's so many great songs on this thing, and uh, I just, it makes me so happy every time I listen to it, that in a crazy moment, I thought it was my favorite album of the year, it's not, it's my second favorite, but I still love it, I love Donda, I cannot lie.
0: Great. Um, so I guess it's time, without further ado, for the big one of the night. Number one. Yep. You've been all waiting for me to say it, and I'm just going to do it. This is the number one album of 2021, and I think you all might have an idea of what I'm going to say, which is When You See Yourself by Kings of Leon. Wow.
1: (laughs) The Crypto King is themselves.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that album uh, doesn't exist. But the real album is slaughter beach dogs at the moon base the album you tried to force me at gunpoint to talk about i think i should be allowed to talk about this album when it comes up because it's my number one album of the whole damn year well, i didn't know it was your number one i was trying to you know you should have just gone with me why do you even like this album so much i'll talk about it right now okay thank you very much so 2021 has been kind of a, you know, it's been a weird year for listening to music for me. Um, in that I have not, my, the coming together of my top 10 for this year, um, was a little weird in that there were, it felt like there were no obvious number ones. It didn't feel like last year where there was Waxahachie, uh, St. Cloud, which was like just far and away my number one. It felt like such an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2017, it was Lord's Melodrama. In 2018, it was Be the Cowboy. This year, it felt like there were a lot of really good, solid records, but none that just like screamed like all time, you know, personal classics um, or all time, you know, like Waxahachie is like obviously that is kind of a populist classic. I feel like that is a record that was very accepted in the mainstream. It took Waxahachie to new heights commercially and critically that she had never been to um, and was really exciting to see. And it was really wonderful to embrace a record that was that mainstream as, as my favorite album of the year. And one of my favorite albums ever probably. Um, but this year it felt like there were a lot of records that were really good, like dozens and dozens of them, but none that were just like easily my favorite record of the year And with that in mind, I think it's kind of fitting that my favorite record of this year was actually from last year. And that is Slaughter Beach Dogs at the Moonbase, which is a record that, um, you know, couldn't quite make the cut last year, obviously, due to it coming out, you know, probably right when we were recording our year-end episode. Yeah. Or around then. Like a few days Within a few days of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this is a record that I just like, I loved it when I first listened to it, but just the more I've listened to it throughout the year and then seeing some of these songs live and last week, it really solidified just what an incredible, um, time it has been to watch Slaughter Beach Dog grow, uh, as an, as artists to watch Jake Ewald's songwriting grow, um, from the dissolution of Modern Baseball to the release of Welcome, the first Slaughter Beach Dog record, which already felt like a big departure from the type of songwriting he was doing in Modern Baseball. But then quickly, you know, there was the EP and the record after that um, where he was exploring uh, even further afield from his songwriting that mm. he had done before. Um, And there's just been this steady evolution of, like, you can hear um, a lot of influences creeping in of, like, very specifically Wilco, obviously, um, around the, like, 2017-2018 era of Slaughter Beach Dog starts to get in there. Um, And then, you know, it feels like there started to be, like, Randy Newman influence and, like, Cat Stevens influence even. Um, that kind of stuff starts to get into their songwriting. And on this new record, there is this incredible saxophone that gets in there. Um, I think that this was, you know, a quarantine record where he was like writing these songs and like sending the files off to friends to play Mm, over.
1: That sounds right. Um,
0: it was that kind of thing. But I feel like that really breathed new life into his songwriting. Um, I I feel like the he really like has mastered the sort of uh kind of like storytelling style of songwriting that he has been working on for the last number of years um he he has really become very skilled at deploying this the like the imagery of these scenes playing out in you know basements and apartments all over philadelphia uh that he has lived in um and the sort of people he encounters um and the lives that they lead and the habits that they have and the way they talk to one another um and it feels really real and lived in and beautifully produced uh and also catchy and fun and um you know, he has this this sort of newly found literary thing to the way he writes that I find really exciting. Um, just the whole, th- the, he, you know, it feels like he has really become the whole package as a songwriter in a way that is really exciting to me as somebody who has been a fan of him and bands he has been in for a really yeah. long time now. <laughs> I feel like he has done nothing but grow up and up throughout the tenure of Modern Baseball yeah. and Slaughter Beach Dog. And that's why it's the record of the year to me. No. And um, I just I just love it. It's something that I've I've just loved listening to throughout the year.
1: I, I really do think that's a great pick. And um yeah, I could I could have easily made this my number one album of the year if I didn't have an obvious choice for me. Mm-hmm. Um because it 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 really is that good and it really has been so great just to to kind of be along with this trajectory through being a fan of MOBO all the way up to now where it's just like wow what a mature great songwriter um Mm -hmm. god it's so good i mean you said it better than i possibly could have said it i already talked about it so but that that really is a great great number one and i will now share my number one album of the year you know what it is buddy it's home is where i became birds wow and this is an album for me that i just from like a couple of weeks after it was released and I was still listening to it, I just felt like, I think this is probably the best it's going to get for me this year. <laughs> I, I love it so much that yeah. I just can't imagine anything else making me happier than Home is Where. Yeah.
0: Um, and it's exciting because you're not alone in that
1: i'm not alone in it, it they people really are fucking psyched about this people band. love this band i love them they're a fucking florida band yeah um, which is great we love that florida's got them bands <laughs> right now uh-huh. um there's the, great emo bands especially uh but home is where is is the cream of the crop um they're 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 really great and especially for me i i totally took a, a deep dive back into emo this year and for for this album came out kind of after that happened kind of right when it was happening. I was just like, wow, this is what emo sounds like in 2021. This is, this is fucking incredible. 18 minute album that, that I can listen to indefinitely. I could just loop this over and over again is how good it is. Um, and there's such a variety of songs between whatever the amount, the seven or eight or whatever songs are on this thing. Um, they're channeling Bob Dylan. They got harmonicas on it. Um, you know, there uh it just i mean i don't even know how to talk about this thing because it just pure like it's it's one of those things like a lot of the other albums i've talked about where well, the reason i love it so much is just because of how it makes me feel mm-hmm. um i just uh it is the the the, the emo sound of 2021 I feel like they've sort of played a big part in ushering in this new wave of emo music.
0: Very intentionally Um, on social media. Yeah,
1: yeah, obviously the social media thing, but also just because of the music. Um, Like, What a great debut album. It makes me so excited to see because it also feels like the tip of the iceberg uh, with what they can do. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it is undeniably my favorite record of the year it's so uh, it's the album of the future 18 minutes long that's <laughs> that's the future baby yeah. um man i just every every single song is is so perfect and it has you know it it has the horns that you would get like a you know you would expect from like american football or something it has mm-hmm. um just a, uh chug acoustic guitar chugging along it's got all these different elements playing off of
0: each other. It's got a lot of neutral milk hotel. It's going a lot on. of
1: neutral milk hotel going on. It's it's like, yeah, all these different influences. Um just handled beautifully. Uh mm-hmm. I, I, the Home is Where Forever. They're the greatest. And this is my favorite album. I became birds.
0: Nice. I love it. Uh uh yeah. yeah, really great record um i don't have a lot to add because i did not listen to this record this year nearly as much as you um but uh i think that that is a great pick i think that that is a pick that will um stand the test of time better than donda um no no uh no no comment
1: oh right right because you haven't listened to it (laughs) i listen to it all the time you have to have some opinion
0: on it i've heard like that jail song a bunch of times yeah it's a good song um yeah it's all right um and yeah, home is where I you know I I'm really excited to see where they go next. Obviously, this record did not make my list, um, but I th- I think it's really good, and um, yeah, I think they're a really exciting band to watch. So I think that is a great pick. I think that that is uh, yeah, like I said, I I think that that is this is a record that will be, I think that even more like it already was a very hyped up record. Um, but I think regardless of what they do next, I think that when people look back on this year and what came out this year, people will be like, Oh shit, that home is where record. Like that is one of the records of this like era of rock music. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that's really true, even Mm -hmm. though it, it, you know, it, I, I just, it just wasn't like my thing as much, but like, I think that that is a fact that like, it will be remembered uh, very dearly from this era of music.
1: Hmm. Mm, True words. Couldn't have been said by myself. Um,
0: <laughs> they yeah. could have, if you had,
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I can't, can't say all the words. <laughs> I can only say about 20 of them. <laughs> um, but anyways, I mean, I think we made pretty good time on this episode. It's about two hours. Pretty neat. Yeah. Um, well, and maybe we should just like
0: riff a little bit. Oh well, yeah.
1: Because we, cause we they're doing a good job of that. Um, <laughs> oh, um,
0: should I talk about like Donda for a little while?
1: Randy listens to music like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I would love if you talked about Donda. I um, think
0: uh, that the album cover of it is uh, black.
1: Well, I believe that's all for us today on this episode of Good Listeners. If you enjoyed what you heard tonight, um, thanks for listening, and you can follow us on Twitter: uh, me Clay J Williams and Randy at Randallorian underscore. Uh-huh. You can follow the podcast at Good Listener Pod, and you can. Other than that, you can. That's it, right?
0: Yeah, what a mess. Bye. Bye. <laughs>